Welcome to the Gigaris Mail podcast. This is Chris, and sitting opposite me... This is Kate. Uh, oh. This is probably going to sound slightly different, and we apologise for that. We're currently recording this episode on our little portable recorder that always gets pulled over by airport security for looking like a taser in um, at a service department in Lisbon whilst we're waiting for Web Summit to start. So we don't really have access to our proper equipment, as it were. Because there was a particular issue that has come up in the past couple of days that we felt we wanted to dive into a little bit. And uh, st- we wanted to strike while the iron was hot, etc. Didn't we, Kate? So we thought we would just do with what we uh, make do with what we had available to us and just um, get to the issue. What is that issue? I mean, it's a particular issue that has sparked us wanting to do this, but it's a bigger issue. So what, what is that particular issue that's been in the news recently? We're basically looking at workplace sexual harassment claims and in particular with a focus on Google. Um, you would have seen in the news over the last few days there was a walkout where about, I believe about 60% of the workplace at Google across various offices internationally from Singapore to Dublin to London to San Fran uh, walked out and um, in, in response to the what they believe to be the inadequate um, processes and policies to deal with workplace sexual harassment and also racial discrimination in the workplace and also in response to a particular um, payout of, of $90 million, which you may have... Not, was it $90 million, Chris? Is that correct? I think it was something like 70 or 90 I, I can't entirely remember. One second, and I'll, I'll tell you the... Of Andy Rubin. Andy Rubin, who, left, who actually left Google in 2014, mm-hmm. um, is known to be the man who invented the Android operating system. And what since then he's actually received ninety million in exit package payout instalments, and this was revealed by a report by the New York Times last week. Um, and basically, his departure was um, following a sexual harassment misconduct accusation from a female coworker with whom he'd been having an affair, and the claim that there'd been some coerced sexual activity. This was investigated by Google and. Um, it was found that the claims were credible, hence he was um, asked to leave, shall we say. And, and this is, without getting too, spe- too into the specifics of this case, because there aren't that many specifics right now, uh, he claims um, that it was a, a more consenting relationship, or I think, or that um, it never happened in the way that was described in the article. We haven't really, have we heard anything from the... The person concerned, the, the, yeah. the victim, shall we say, or the complainant? No, we haven't. No. Um, understandably, there's probably some kind of legal no. requirement that they not speak out. And I think it's worth pointing out here, as far as I have read, in this this particular case, that um, whether or not the relationship was consenting, whether or not, um, as Andy Rubin claims, it it's a smear campaign from his ex-wife who wants a chunk of that 90 million, 70 million. The fact is he actually has a fairly reported history of um, relationships with uh, people lower down the management ladder than him. And I think this is actually possibly, this is this is an area that's easier to, to show happens and less grey area and is also not necessarily appropriate. Yeah. And I mean... I think it's worth putting this into a bit of context as mm-hmm. well before we kind of look at break, pulling apart some of these issues. 
This is not an isolated incident no. for Google. Um, or other companies, but Google, ex- Google seems to have a particularly bad record. For example, yeah. Uber's current SVP, Ahmet Singhal, sorry, mm-hmm. um, who resigned in 2017 after a, um, a sexual harassment claim yep. there where um, he wasn't fired, but he, he resigned um, and got millions in response. Um and I, I, I'd say with that, you know, it's it, it's actually fairly difficult to fire someone if in a case of sexual harassment, and we, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I worked in sexual harassment for 10 years. In a different country, in, not in the US. Australia. All the cases we have spoken about have generally been under US law, Correct. and we are more familiar Correct. with the laws from other countries, yes. which is worth pointing so out. So we will be looking at some of these things in context, but bear in mind we're not, we're not legal academics or anything like that. We're having a discussion rather than um, making uh, statements as to truth or fact because, you know, there's a lot of allegation and allegedly and it's been told and these kind of languages when you read this kind of stuff. And we would specifically like to dig into some of the cultural aspects behind this and maybe some of the... some the, the, Some of the reasons why this maybe happens in the first place, short of... Short of some of the obvious, I suppose. Yeah. Um, we do apologise. In addition to using poor audio uh, equipment here, uh, the apartment upstairs has just decided to start cleaning itself. <laughs> so there's someone bashing around and a vacuum cleaner going around, which may or may not get picked up, but it's somewhat distracting, especially when we're talking about a topic like this. But, Kate, let's go into one thing that I think is much more your area of expertise mm. first, which is where you wanted to cover some of the contractual uh, agreements that are often signed at tech companies. And I think this is this is actually something interesting. We haven't really spoke about it on the podcast because it wasn't necessarily relevant, but uh, I recently finished reading uh, Dan Lyon's book, uh, Unicorn, oh, yeah. I think, which is about his experiences as an older man working for HubSpot. And why do I bring this up? Why is this relevant? <laughs> well... I found it interesting because he covers time and time again in that book this aspect that uh, not just tech companies, I mean, modern companies, modern startups tend to be tech focused, but I wouldn't necessarily always say that makes them a tech company. But we kind of know what we mean when we use those words. Mm -hmm. So let's just use those words. Um, Tend to have this kind of workplace culture, which is something we'll dig into in a minute, where they like to hide... um, hide workplace practices and hide facts in flowery language and workplace culture kind of standards and statements on walls and things like that when they maybe are uh, blinkering you into not noticing other things that are not so positive. And maybe this is one particular one with the contracts you may have signed. So maybe you'd like to go into a little bit of detail on, on something that struck you from this, this case. Yeah, I mean, it's worth just clarifying for people that when we say sexual harassment, people often think that sexual harassment is like, well, oh, well, I can't ask anyone out at work. I can't date anyone I work with. Mm-hmm. And indeed, there are workplaces that will have a policy Especially about this. when there's a... A status, particularly when yeah. there's that power imbalance yeah. in terms of employment status. So, it, in general, if we're talking about people that are on the same level, so coworkers, you ask your coworker out. That's not sexual harassment. If you ask them out and you had your pants open, <laughs> or you um, repeatedly ask them out after they said no, 
then it becomes a lot more problematic. Um, when we talk about sexual harassment, we're usually talking about a pattern of behaviour, not a one-off. Um, so it could be something like being sent inappropriate emails, photographs. Um, it could be making up stories about people. It can be, a, you know, a range of behaviours that continue despite being told that, you know, the offender, the, the, the victim saying, look, this is unwelcome. And that, that repeatedly, I think, is a, is a yeah. crucial point because often in any workplace, and we all know that in certain places uh, and certain workplaces and in certain industries, and we've already seen cases in the past year of music and film business and mm. things like that, maybe what are acceptable boundaries are different. But once you learn those boundaries, continually trying to break them or push through them is where it turns into something else. And it's also, I mean, when I say, you know, there are behaviours and, you know, things like asking people out, we're not, I'm not talking about, like, someone groping someone. That's never acceptable in the workplace. There's no workplace that would find that acceptable. <laughs> you know, there are plenty of good standards. And the, the standard that we always used in sexual harassment um, training when I was um, involved in that kind of stuff was would you be embarrassed if your mother or your partner or your knew, knew of something that you did? And that could be for either. That could be for either gender. That's an interesting one. With, but yeah. And, and I, 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 because I know people are probably thinking this. You know, this when I say sexual harassment or inappropriate workplace behaviour, if you want to call it that, it's not limited to men against women. Not in the slightest. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of cases of men and men. I, know, I have personal men experience and men this as well. Actually, affecting, yeah. um, women affecting men and women affecting women. Like it's it's not. And it goes up and down the. It also goes up and down the hierarchy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's not always that um, you know a boss is harassing a, mm-hmm. a a worker below. It can go the other way. Like as, I had cases of students harassing academics, for example. But you wanted to dig uh, very much into the contractual language. Yeah, that was used I did. In these cases. I mean, it's it's worth thinking about why people are having so many problems with the Google scenario, and the when when you actually look at what the I guess the people that organised the protests were looking for, one of the biggest issues was an end to forced arbitration. In most, um, at least in Australia, in most workplaces, the way you deal with sexual harassment is you try and solve it in-house first. So that's where you, um, you usually will have trained staff in a larger workplace who are able to support both people on the on either side of the um the scenario, whether someone is accused or the accusee or um, accused, accusee, that's right. Um, but And then the idea is very much it's about um, if someone was to come with come to me with a sexual harassment claim, uh, say someone's, you know, keeps asking me out and sending me pornography at work, just as one example, um, I would be very clear about saying, okay, well, what what outcome do you want? And the outcome people say is usually, well, I want it to stop. Mm. Most people aren't saying, well, I want this person sacked. They say, I want the behaviour to stop. And usually the reason people get sacked is because there's more than one case or there's a history or there's, um, you know, an overlap there of other behavioural problems. Um, and so, so generally what you would do in that scenario is you, you would document it and you would try and find a way to bring the two parties together. And, and do and should companies or institutions usually have some kind of documented process for this? Yes. Yeah. Policies, procedures, all yeah. this stuff. And But 
Notice I've said in-house. I'm not talking about a rape case or something like that where you have to go to the police. <laughs> you know, this and, is... And again, the, the, the areas of when one becomes the other will vary from country to country. Very much, and, yeah. But um, generally it is that attempt to solve it in-house and it's very much clear on what the victim wants, what outcome do you want from this. Um, yes, there will be people that, as I said, will want someone sacked, but most people just want the behaviour to stop. Maybe that means they move, they move, someone changes department or something like that or... or this, you know, there is a change, and that's something that gets really worked out. What is the way we can achieve this? Um, and the difference with the Google scenario is they have um, a, a situation where, for um, cases of harassment discrimination, uh, they use forced arbitration. Forced arbitration means you bring in an independent third party who rules on it. And it's actually a lot of the problems to do with this are that it's very disempowering. Um, for the person that's made the claim, but also because it, um, it it also means that someone who's coming in who doesn't necessarily know the culture. So just just unpack that a bit for me, because personally, to me, I would say that a third party independent um, party actually seems like a better approach to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few problems with it. Like for example, at Google, if you are if you have a claim, you can't bring a, th- a support person with you, which is a common practice in any harassment claim, that you can bring someone with you to be your, you know, your support. It's just, is that specific to Google, though? Yes, or is that, okay. correct. Um, it's also, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of their personal process right. of, of forced arbitration, but it's you, it also means that if you undertake arbitration um, using that third party, there's no you can't take any further legal action. Right. So I if think, you I wanted, think that is the crucial point, actually. No, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is kind of got to pull but, it. Out but you're it. saying that often in cases where um, the arbitration happens internally, you can take legal yes. action. Yes. Okay. It, yeah. You. You. It basically it means that you um, you try and resolve it in house. If you can't, then you can go external. Um, which may be, for example, using a union, a workplace union or something like that, um, or it can go to a, a, a civil case, do something like that. Do you know like in these cases, do you know or can you have any guesses about who undertook the arbitration? What You say a third party, but who? I'm not sure. No. I don't know. What was it like in, in, to in be? this scenario? It would be a. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think the other thing to mention as well with this is that. Um, one thing that the people at Google, the workers are also calling for with this is that there is a transparency in in regard yeah. to reporting yeah. sexual yeah. harassment and, you know, disclosing, you know, the number of harassment claims over time, which areas, the types of claims, how many victims um, have left Google, how many accusers or accused, if you like, sorry, accused have left Google, any exit packages and their worth. Mm. So this is something actually. Here, really this is something want. I'd like to ask you about on the exit packet packet on the exit packages. We're doing this fairly live, so there's going to be a few, a few stops in language there. Um, could it be? I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Could it be that, of course, with um, any kind of major organisation, we could generally hear about the high profile cases, mm. be it the high profile because the incident was particularly horrific. Or be it, as in most cases, it was because it was perpetrated by a fairly senior person. And as far as maybe this is becoming more clear to me, and I don't know if this is an American thing or a Google Mm. thing or whatever, Mm. in that employees, no matter who they were, 
when they're, if they are fired or asked to leave, which is not always the same thing, get some kind of exit package, even if they, I don't know, I'm not sure if what contracts will say around if you commit some kind of breach of contract or whatever, mm. which I would have liked to assume that sexual harassment is one of those, but um, that you are entitled to some kind of payout, whether we think that's wrong or right, is a different conversation. Uh, and is it just that executives who are the high profile cases because they're executives mm. just get a larger payout? And if you were mm-hmm. Bob and Jane also fired for sexual harassment, then you get a um, a relative payout. I don't know. Um, it just happens to be less because you're not an executive. Quite possibly. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's also worth thinking about as well that the people at Google who've instigated the, the walkout have actually said, you know, the process, the current process isn't working globally. Hmm. It's a lot of the... Um, instigation of the the walkout from what at least what I've read has been in Asia and they're saying part of the problem there is HR is other people that are responsible for reporting when you report sexual harassment this is not unusual however it's their feeling or or the belief there is that their their role is assessed by senior management directors meaning that yeah yeah, they're protect they're more intent on protecting the organization Uh, like the criticism of the police force yeah the police are not there to protect you they're to protect the economy and the capitalists (laughs) i mean what what, like and i mentioned that because just when i was explaining like doing it at universities you you what they do is you typically have sexual harassment advisors in different departments across, spread across the university. Mm. So it wouldn't be your manager investigating yeah, it, yeah, for yeah. example. It would be someone from a different... Especially in a company the size of Google. Yeah. I mean, these are big companies just, full of smart people, you know. Well, maybe. This, to me, is educated. something that comes into my mind when you talk about forced arbitration because I've already ever worked in small companies. So to me, all I can think of is if I had a, a case involving a, a colleague that... I would know everybody. <laughs> I well, wouldn't want right. to deal with them. Yeah. But I suppose that's smaller companies. This is the problem. And I, I also know that they've said that when, you know, we want a better process for this, but we also want it to be accessible to all, to full-time employees, mm. temporary vendors and contractors. So there's obviously stuff going on there mm. from uh, that you would at least assume from, well, from any large statement. company, to be fair. And this is actually, this is something I'd like to dig into now. We'll go out of a slight tangent here. Mm. I have... Two follow-up thoughts. Mm. One I think is smaller than the other. We'll see. And I think we may have discussed this in the past. I'm not sure. We've definitely discussed it personally. Whether we've ever, ever recorded it is something I'm not sure about. Um, could it be fair to say that a company like Google is no better or worse than other companies in terms of sexual harassment? And is it that, something you just alluded to, that there's a lot of smart, uh, opinionated people there who often are... Um, should we say less mainstream than others mm-hmm. and have uh, less conservative opinions on sexual politics, on progress, on liberal mm-hmm. thinking, etc.? And could it be just be that they actually have no worse history than any other company? They just happen to be a high-profile company that everybody knows, of course, and everybody uses all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually, in some respects, they are far better at... Um, at least paying lip service to workers to see whether that means anything, of course, because of this. And if it was, um, I don't know, Acme Incorporated, some kind of big manufacturing company or something that maybe you've heard of if you've bought 
an oven or whatever, but still has equal income, equal amount of employees, and something happened, you would never hear about it because it's a dusty old company with less progressive management that no one's ever going to listen to a story about. I don't know. Yeah. Playing devil's advocate again here. I think you, I think you raised some good points. I mean, I think that... Like even when I look at some of the right, like I, I mentioned the statement of what the people are saying um, who've made these, you know, organised or walk out, they've said a company is nothing without its workers. Mm. From the moment we started Google, we're told we aren't just employees, we're owners. Exactly, yeah. Everyone who walked out today is an owner. Unless you're an independent <laughs> contractor, which is a different discussion. Yeah. And, 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 and that's actually a common problem, is, that there yes. are people that you know, doing the work who don't get awarded yep. the equal yep. um, I think we have discussed safeguards yeah. of others. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's two things you raised. Firstly, that um, the idea that people in tech, um, you've got educated people, obviously, you've got people that are um, looking beyond the kind of – because they're working hard, they're working long hours, they're often more creative in different ways um, – I'm thinking maybe biohacking and things like that, people looking at different ways of living life or, mm. you know, maybe it's you've got workplaces that are trying to create a almost an, an ecosystem of replacement for families in some ways. You know, you can Let bring... We're going to get to that subject in oh, a minute. Okay. We'll definitely get to that subject in a minute. Okay. So don't go too far down that, that path, but just around the are they are they any better or worse than other industries? That we know of, of course. It's hard to say if we it's, don't know about them. Yeah, I mean, are they better than a mining site? Are they better than a building site? You or know? Are they worse than? Or, or, yeah. or worse, for that matter. I mean, it, you, you, I mean, you just look... I, I've seen it in the last month. I've seen two cases of where there's a... Oh, oh, three if I count one. There's historically been a... Over the last year, there's been a name and shame document looking at um, people that are... Or probably men, I assume. I haven't read it myself. Harassing um, women in the um, media, the mm. media industry, media and I think communications as well. And that was basically a Google document that was sent around and people added names to it and stuff. Mm. And then it was taken down because people threatened to sue, which is, you know, understandable. There's, but there's also been a scenario of another one, which is circulated to do with. Um, People in research, in, in um, STEM research in universities. STEM where, is somewhat connected to tech. Though, yeah, because, correct. So, yeah. But, you know, a university's got a lot more pro- processes yeah. and things set up. Cause some. Traditionally, yeah. anyway, because yeah. they're not some starting up. Some countries. Yeah. Well, they're not starting up. as a, They've got com- compliance and stuff. They're not starting up as a start-off or something. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, you've got um, – what was the other one I was going to mention? There was another one. Um I can't quite remember. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that the, the behaviours we're talking about are not unique to Google or to any big tech company, mm. not the slightest. Any big company, not even specifically tech Any big well, company. Yeah. But I would also say this stuff is probably just as common in small companies, but that people leave because often if you have no HR, if you're in a small workplace with 10 people, there's no, there's no HR department. Oh. Who do you complain to? You tell your boss. The boss tells the person not to do it. They keep they keep yeah. doing it. Then what do you do? And I think some of it maybe is an element of using particular examples to raise awareness around an issue. Yeah. And, for example, raising an issue around that sexual harassment is not okay in the modern world from a case from Google is far more likely to get you attention in the media than from Acme Inc. Because even though Acme Inc. may be as big a company, no one necessarily 
knows of it so much on a day-to-day basis. So in terms of furthering a cause, sometimes it's better to use particular cases to further that cause than other cases. Yeah. And look, there's one thing I I did want to say, but I'll I'll just put it in here because I'm not sure where to put it. I mean, I I know with the Google example, the um, walkout people were really pushing for this transparency. Mm -hmm. But there's one one thing I do have a problem with that they um, have actually pushed, which... It's a, it's a, it may be the language. Who do you mean by they? The, the people pushing... The walkout people? Yeah. Okay, right. Um, it's a clear, uniform, globally inclusive process for reporting sexual harassment misconduct safely and anonymously. Um, anonymously is problematic uh, because you'll, you'll find that with any kind of compliance... Um, well, there's, natural, there's a thing called natural justice, which is that you should have a right to know if someone's put a complaint against you. If there's been a complaint against you that is going to be brought to your attention, you should have a right to know who, who by. Really? Yeah. Okay. So if you – I don't know. What's an example? Um, I mean, it doesn't even have to be sexual harassment. It could be like you're in a classroom and you've got – five students out of 40 that say, well, you know, we think the teaching is really bad and we're going to complain about it um, beyond, you know, the anonymous review survey you do. Mm. Well, you've got a right to know how to respond. Like there might be circumstances of why someone's not um, not happy, for mm. example. And it's just natural justice. I mean, it's you can't do an anonymous complaint. I mean, the only way it would work in any way is if, if it's really just um, – someone having already a documented history where there are factual complaints that have been found to be true, like a file or something, um, in their, their public record. Or video or, or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then you say, well, actually it happened to me as well, but no, I yeah. don't want to come forward. I just want it to be acknowledged. Yeah. So that's it's something to be aware of. I mean, people think that, I don't know, I, I sometimes read sort of the idea that people are, maliciously coming forth with these accusations and it's actually not that easy to make these accusations Mm. because like if I was working as a sexual harassment advisor someone came to me and said well no this teacher's done something but no I don't want to say anything publicly well I can't do anything Mm. all I can do is encourage them to you know document it to um look at maybe keeping what what can you do to keep yourself safe otherwise you could be accused of prejudice itself let's just you just can't that's not the way it works you know Okay, to round up this with one final discussion point, I'd like to bring back a couple of threads. Mm. One was around what you say about transparency. Mm. One was where you started going with the uh, topic of sort of work-life balance and um, workplace culture, and also strangely looping back into the the what I'd read in this uh, Dan Lyons book, which is a, a comedy book about mostly real things, I think. That's somewhat controversial, mm-hmm. but... Just again to this aspect of um, how many modern tech companies try to uh, give the illusion of a particular culture that may not always be true, uh, and some very concrete examples here which are not directly related to this subject but just to get us going mm-hmm. are things, for example, like unlimited holidays. Um, a lot of tech companies and people in tech are pushed uh, along the path of unlimited holidays because it's seen as a positive thing in that you get more holiday. But it's a fairly well-known fact that, A, um, it doesn't actually change anything. People often actually take less holidays. That's right. Mm-hmm. And number two, the sceptic would say uh, that in a lot of countries, there's a legal requirement that companies have to pay out holidays, yeah. either at the end of the year or at the end of a, um, a contract. 
And uh, if you have unlimited, there is no number set on that, so there's nothing to pay out. Oh. Whereas if you set 30 days, for example, there's 30 days of holiday to pay out. So just lots of little things like this, and I think the, the arbitration uh, aspect you discussed as well, a, a lot of tech and startup companies have this tendency to positively spin things that are not necessarily positive. Um, and there's, this is a little endemic in the culture of we're disrupting blah, blah, blah without thinking about the intended unintended consequences of, of doing that and things like that. And the aspect that was playing on my mind that was kind of the topic I wanted to discuss around this particular mm -hmm. case, and it actually played on my mind fairly significantly because I had just bought uh, an essential phone, which is the company that Andy Rubin is now founded, <laughs> which made me kind of feel a little bit, um, I don't know exactly, but anyway, um, was around... Especially in the US, this isn't so prevalent in Europe, maybe the UK, but not necessarily the rest of Europe, certainly is in Asia, and it's possibly more even deeply rooted in Asian work culture as well, a little bit in Australia as well, but again, not as bad as the US, is this aspect of um, putting in a lot of personal time into these companies, especially the smaller ones. Mm. Um especially at burn time and crunch time and there's big projects and timelines and conferences to have demos ready for and et cetera, et cetera. There's this pressure often to knuckle down and focus and how this relates into a lot of the workplace perks, which we have seen increasingly grow as well is things like having free food, mm. having a gym, having, uh, even there are some places I've been to that have bedrooms, et cetera, Campuses, this kind of campus mm. mentality, even if it's a campus in a building in the middle of the city, which is what you tend to see more in Europe, for example, mm. or as an actual campus on the outskirts of a town like you get more in America. This whole aspect of having your kind of work and your life in one place. And especially when it comes to the perks, free food, gym, things like that, they're often, again, sold as a positive. Yeah. You know, you don't have to pay for a gym. You don't have to go and get food. But actually, they're a bit of a negative because they encourage you to not leave. They encourage you to get in early and leave late. Yeah, that's right. And live your entire life around a company. And again, whilst this is not a new idea, it's a new way of doing it. You know, in the past, our parents and our parents' parents had jobs for life. Work was part of their lives. But mm. they generally finished at 5 p.m. and mm. came home and spent time with their family mm. and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and... This was playing on my mind that, also, especially in terms of sexual harassment, where, you know, human beings, and I don't want to get into gender stereotypes, but human beings like sex, they like relationships, they like closeness, they like company, even, even geeks do like company sometimes, <laughs> whether they admit it or not, you know. Um, and if all you ever do is spend... All day, every day, sometimes seven days a week, with the same group of people in the same environment, I wonder if these environments almost breed these attitudes. Because, yeah, a man wants a relationship, wants sex, whatever it happens to be. And if they have no time to go and get a conventional relationship, then these awkward... Um, uncomfortable, inappropriate relationships mm. maybe form more. Mm. It's very hard to prove, of course, but it yeah. was playing on my mind whether these workplaces actually help help 
breathe or facilitate these, these, yeah. facilitate that's a good word facilitate mm. these kinds of attitudes oh I and mean, it's not just sexual harassment there's no, other things no. too yeah. it's it's a really good good point and I mean I think that I mean you see it with startups that mm. the idea that you know you're encouraged to be not just um, you know, on the clock, but you know, it, it, it's it starts with the language. You know, like a gang, too. team player, yeah, yeah. and be a part of our family, yeah, our community, yeah. our tribe. Yeah. Our you know, and then you're a you're not just a worker. You're a rock star. Or you're a ninja or some crap yeah. like that. Um, and it, it comes this gradual kind of a um, cult like cult like behavior in a little bit mm. of bringing people in and and making it so that and and you know there may be there, I should add there may be some some companies where. You're, you're more invested in the success. Maybe you get shares or maybe there's other opportunities for there you. There is that too. That's an aspect um, I hadn't thought about, but yeah. That may make people try harder, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it's cultural. And you look at these companies where they will, for example, have um, – I'm not sure what the term is, but basically if you recommend someone for a job, you get a, a bonus of mm-hmm, some sort. Mm-hmm. You know, there has been some research to suggest that that really ensures that the – Think, speak, or the group think, or whatever mm-hmm. is maintained. You're not, Diversity is you're diluted. Not, yeah, you're not bringing in your your completely different person from another country who's you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think it, there is a lot of more um, social planning and 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 predictions and futurism focusing on this idea of the lessening the work life divide. Um, for example, I know in Berlin there's a number of co-working spaces that do have apartments. That's becoming more common. Um, yeah, there's a few now. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's also just this idea of, you know, predicting in the next 10 years that we will have apartments without kitchens because people won't be eating at home. Well, this they'll already be, is in cities be, like New York. Yeah, they'll be eating with their colleagues. Asian cities again. They'll eat at work for free, mm. all this stuff. And I might add, this is something that always kind of sticks on sticks for me. I don't know if this is other people's thought too. Like the people in the most privileged jobs getting the best salaries get all these freebies. Mm. When I think of people doing really hard, long this work. This is a topic we have, we have spoken about yeah. in a previous episode quite yeah. some time back, I think. Yeah. Um, but just coming back to the subject again and this plays on my mind of mm. coming, you know, that um, if all you ever do is hang out with yeah. the same group of people, work with them, party with them, then naturally relationships or um, wannabe relationships, yeah. you know, desires, lusts, yeah. fancies, whatever you want to call them, will develop because they're the only people you ever see. That's right. And then you go out drinking with each other, which is... Well, you know, traditionally, historically, especially in Western culture, a, a, a place when relationships sometimes find themselves. <laughs> and, you know, if, if it was just a random person in a bar and you said something awkward and you never see them again, and well, unless you're a other particular type of person. Yeah. But if it's a workplace, you have to see them again. Yeah, that's right. And it gets weird and it gets awkward and maybe the... The feelings haven't gone and it repeats and, and on it goes until it gets unhealthy. And you know... And you can't even avoid the person, especially if they're your boss, it's even worse. And this so. is where I think you want that transparency in, in knowing where the, the, the reports are coming from. But a transparency in everything Are they particular departments? Well. Yeah. Are they, are they um, I don't know, divisions within departments? I'm not sure how it works. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, is, I, I think you may be a transparency in everything. So many companies, and again, this was in that Dan Lyons book, so many companies claim to be transparent. Yeah, they do. But they're transparent about what they want to be transparent yeah. about. They're transparent about the positives yeah, and the not the negatives. And stuff and- they're not transparent about 
um, why they do things. Mm. Why do you have an unlimited work policy? Are you really telling the truth as to why? Or is there another reason? And I'm not sceptical enough to say maybe it's all just because it's a tax dodge or whatever, a payout dodge. Mm. But at least be honest about it. And probably most people would, wouldn't care so much, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I mean, and I guess another way, another thing to look at this year, we've kind of had the two fairly major movements, at least for me, the Me Too movement, of mm. course. And then, of course, we've had... Um, tech ethics i'd call it where com- people in companies are starting to question yep. their their tasks yep. and what's behind them and, and the, again actually we talked google about these work walkouts but and, but, you know. but there have been walkouts from google as well as yeah. uh, as government contracts they've taken from the so. um you know the in the chinese um search engine that google was doing to the um hmm. the funding to do with um Military Some kind of military. I forgot, I forgot. Yeah, that was it. But I mean, people, people are, st- this has been a year of people speaking out, people not just speaking, making, mm. you know, putting up with things and kind of going, well, I won't get another job if I, if I say anything. Yeah. You know, and so it's something significant. So yeah. I think the, the learnings from this maybe are that this is, the beh- I don't think the behavior will change necessarily or will stop, but people will be talking about it more. All right, how can we summarize this discussion? We, we sort of kept mostly on topic, but wandered at a few tangents here and there. Yeah. How can we how can we summarize this and how can we offer positive thoughts and constructive thoughts for the future? Yeah, look, I would encourage people to talk about this amongst themselves in their workplace with encourage their your friends. Work, encourage your workplace, and that's not just your boss. No. It's your workplace to be actually transparent, genuinely yeah, transparent. Absolutely. And to create a workplace where pe- there are means and processes that people can get support and help and and have a life and make if if need to if they need to make complaints so mm. it's not just oh well my boss is my boss and my complaints against my boss so i've mm. got no one to go to yeah. um yeah so setting up systems that are are available for people and it's not just you know these kind of complaints there are all kinds of complaints in workplaces mm. where you know there are better ways to do it so i think yeah i, I think part of that is really thinking about what kind of workplace you want to work in which I think is the whole thing of the Google. People were trying to um, facilitate that, and that's why they've done the protests. Mm. Well, let's see where this leads. We'll mm. see where our conversation leads. We'll also see where the Google story leads. It yeah. only just happened late last week. That's true. Which is why we wanted to discuss this. Um, we'll see if it changes anything. We'll see if there are any repercussions for any of the people involved on all sides. And we'll see if any of these companies actually change. And uh, if you are... An employee of any of these companies, despite what uh, Kate said, you are f- you are free to contact us anonymously. <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. This is a little bit different, and yeah, and or if you just want to want to discuss some of these things, I mean, we're really happy to have a chat with people and mm. record it. I mean, or not record or, it. Or, <laughs> we we can we, we can read bits out, you know. <laughs> but I guess what we're saying is we're happy to provide a, a considered voice where appropriate to yeah. have discussion like maybe you don't agree with anything we've said and you're just like no you guys no. are way off and, and know, we didn't really plan you, this so we what probably, are you talking about you know you're not in america how do you know we also this? probably mixed in a, sure. a lot of a lot of a lot of rubbish in with some quality because we didn't plan this at all so. right. i think this is something we thought was interesting that we want to talk about and yeah. it looked to you know a movement that warranted some discussion and we'd like our listeners to be part of that mm. all right on those notes kate how can people talk to you yeah, you can contact me um, via Twitter. I have my email on my account. It's Kate underscore Lawrence. Kate with a C, Lawrence with a W. And you can find me at Chris Chinch on Twitter or ChristianChiller.com 
on the interwebs. Um, and for the podcast generally, you can find out more at gregariousmammal.com slash podcast, gregariousmammal.com slash support for merchandise and uh, donations. Wherever you found this show, please upvote, rate, share, etc. We're now on a lot more uh, networks, thanks to the help of uh, an assistant we have helping us called Joe. Who's, Thank uh, you, Joe. Submitted a lot of a lot of, a lot of the show to a lot of networks, so we'll, maybe you're finding us anew. And you can also find us on Facebook, another company that has quite a year. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com/slash Gregarious Mammal. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments, positive and negative. Be open, be transparent. We would love to talk. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone.